Welcome to Time of Restoration broadcast. We are so happy that you have tuned in and pray that something will be said to bless you, encourage your heart, lift your spirit, and increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in this day. A day designed for us to magnify his name, to worship him, to honor him, to exalt him, to let him know how grateful we are that it was not the alarm clock that woke us up, but it was God himself that put breath and kept the breath in our bodies that woke us up. We were clothed and in our right minds. So for that, I am thankful. For that, I magnify the Lord. For that, I worship my Lord and my Savior, my friend, my master. Hallelujah. I am so happy for the opportunity to come into your homes or if you're listening while you're driving along the highways. We pray that something will be said that will bless you. We thank God. I'm going to be opening up by reading Psalms 94, and it's a Psalms dealing with justice. You know, when you look at all the things that are going on in the world and it seems like the, the wicked are getting away with all the wickedness and all the evil things that they are doing. But there is a law of reciprocity that you reap what you sow. And, you know, vengeance is not ours and justice is not ours, but vengeance belongs to God. And he sees, he knows exactly what's going on. And, you know, he's going to judge the, the quick and the dead. He's going to judge us all. So I'm going to start reading uh, Psalms 9 and 4. It says, O Lord, the God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, let your glorious justice shine forth. Arise. Just one second. I hit something and I lost my scripture. I'll be going back to it. I hit my laptop iPad. <laughs> It says, Arise, O judge, arise, O judge of the earth. Give the proud what they deserve. How long, O Lord? How long will the wicked be allowed to gloat? How long will they speak with arrogance? How long will these evil people boast? They crushed your people, Lord, hurting those who claim as your own. You claim as your own. They kill widows and foreigners and murder orphans. The Lord isn't looking, they say. And besides, the God of Israel doesn't care. Think again, you fools. When will you finally catch on? Is he deaf, the one who made your ears? 
Is he blind, the one who formed your eyes? He punishes the nations. Won't he also punish you? He knows everything. Doesn't he know what you are doing? The Lord knows people's thoughts. He knows they are worthless. Joyful are those who discipline. Joyful are those you discipline, Lord. Those who teach, those you teach with your instructions. You give them relief from troubled times until a pit is dug to capture the wicked. The Lord will not reject his people. He will not abandon his special possession. Judgment will again be founded on justice and those with virtuous hearts will pursue it. Who will protect me from the wicked? Who will stand up for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord had helped me, I would soon have settled in the silence of the grave. I cried out, I am slipping, but your unfailing love, O Lord, supported me. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Can unjust leaders claim that God is on their side? Leaders whose decrees permit injustice? They gang up against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord is my fortress. My God is the mighty rock where I hide. God will turn the sins of evil people back on them. He will destroy them for their sins. The Lord our God will destroy them. So that's an awesome psalm, a psalm of justice, a psalm that um, it says at times God must discipline us as part of our spiritual training. Parents do the same when they discipline a child. No child enjoys discipline, but it teaches them right from wrong. The Bible says that no discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. It's painful, but afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in the way. When you feel God's hand of correction or rebuke, accept it as proof of his love. Realize that God is urging you to follow his paths instead of stubbornly going your own way. And we know that the wicked, those that are persecuting Christians, those that are murdering people and doing so many evil things, justice is going to come to them. And God will judge them. But we have to realize that vengeance is the Lord. Father God, I just thank you for the opportunity that I have to come before 
the throne room of grace. I can enter in. I thank God for the access that we all have now that we can enter into the most holy of holies to give you thanks, to, to just to praise your name, to just to let our request be made known unto you, Lord. We thank you for this access that we can enter in with boldness and not with timidity. God, I thank you. I give your name the praise, the glory, the honor belongs to you. I thank you for your master plan of redemption. I thank you for your son that you gave, that gave his life for us, that we might have life everlasting, eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And to those that believe on him and to those that just re receive him, he will give them power to become sons and daughters of God. So God, we just thank you for your master plan of redemption. I lift up leaders of nations today, leaders of nations all over the world. We are lifting up our president. We are praying, oh God, for wise counsel for him. Oh God, that he will receive and be cognitive of those that are presenting wise counsel, godly counsel. Lord, we're lifting up the Congress, the Senate, the House. Oh God, we are praying for local mayors and governors. Lord, we are praying for the cities that there are so many uh, uh, murderers and, 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 and so many uh, wickedness and, and things that are going on in the cities, God. We are praying against that murdering spirit. God, we are praying that men's hearts and minds would be changed, that they would seek your face, God. Lord, you're there, oh God. You said those that would seek you, you would in no way turn them down. But Lord, we are asking, oh God, that you would change hearts and minds and desires today. Lord, we, you're able to take that stony heart and make it a heart of flesh that it would be pliable to the things of God. Lord, we are praying for the peace of Jerusalem, God. We are praying for pastors, those that have lost hope, those that have given up and have given in to the culture and just not no longer, you know, trusting in you and leaning on your word. But they have literally just thrown in the towel. God, we are praying for those pastors that you would just just stir their very souls that you called them. That was a mandate on their lives by you. And God, let them not give up. In the name of Jesus. God, we pray for our local assembly. We are praying for Restoration Christian Fellowship Church. We are praying for our assistant pastor. We are praying for our ministerial staff and for the digging board and for our, our daycare, Lord, for every auxiliary of the church, God. We are praying for every member, every well-wisher, Lord. We are asking that you would just touch. And, Lord, we, you know every need. We are praying for our assistant pastor, Pastor Kenny, his family. Lord, just strengthen him. And, Lord, we thank you, God, for the beautiful job that he did on last week at the, uh, at the Real Talk. The real talk, let us talk, uh, real talk. It was such a blessing. And we thank God for the lives that were encouraged, the young people that were encouraged to, to get on the street call straight and, and, and narrow. And, and we just thank God for what you did through 
Pastor Kenneth. So, Lord, we are praying for the sick, for the shut-in, for the elderly, for our, those on our prayer list, God. There are so many needs that are on the prayer list, God. We are praying for Nina, and Lord. We ask that you touch, strengthen her and her inner man, God. Lord, others that are on the prayer list that need various, uh, that's believing God for various uh, situations. Some need finances. Some need jobs. Some need healing, God. Whatever the need is, God, we thank you for moving by your divine intervention on every request that's on that prayer list. And God, we thank you for victory in each of our lives because, God, you always causes us to triumph. Lord, we are praying, oh God, for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we are praying, oh God, against suicide. Oh, we're coming against suicide. People shall live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. We're coming against the spirit of abortion. Babies shall live in the womb. Oh, God, encourage that mother that has now found out that she's pregnant. And, Lord, she thinks that she can't afford another child. But, God, encourage her to not to abort. And, Lord, we're lifting up those that have lost loved ones. Comfort, Lord, take them through the grieving process. We lift up Sister Stewart today. Encourage her heart, her family, her children, her grandchildren, and those that have lost loved ones all around the world. And Lord, we be so careful to give your name the praise, the honor belongs to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, we are yet on our topic of contentment. We are yet on our topic dealing with contentment. And on last week, I was talking about the fact that, talking about virtue and godly, I mentioned different virtues, which are godly virtues such as honesty, goodness, usefulness, and endurance. And when you think about the word virtue, it means moral, excellence, goodness, righteousness. That's what virtue means. Moral excellence, goodness, righteousness. And when you think about honesty and goodness and usefulness and endurance, they are all godly virtues that are given to us. I think there's a scripture that's in uh, first Peter that talks about that God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's given to us. He's bestowed it upon us. So these are godly virtues. But when you talk about contentment, contentment is a learned virtue. It has to be learned. That's why when uh, Paul made the statement that he said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. First Peter 4 and 11, he says, I have learned. So therefore, we must learn how to be content. And so many times, you know, we are looking for things, you know, to make us contented. Sometimes we feel like um, if I can get the right job, 
if I can get in the best relationship or if I can continue my education. I mean, so many things we think that will give us contentment. And it doesn't always give us contentment. It was uh, a quote by John Stote. And he wrote, contentment is the secret of inward peace. It remembers the stark truth that we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. Life, in fact, is a pilgrimage from one moment of nakedness to another. So we should travel light and live simply. Our enemy is not possessions, but access. Our battle cry is not nothing, but enough. We've got enough. Simplicity says, if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. For the Christian contentment knows that if we have Jesus, we have enough. So when we have Jesus, we have enough. You know, I also had alluded to uh, the fact that when you hear people make the statement, I've lost everything. I've lost everything. And I had read this uh, story where this man had shared this with a minister that he had lost everything. So the minister in return asked him, oh, I am so sorry to hear that you lost your faith. And the man replied, no, the man corrected him. I haven't lost my faith. Well, then I'm sad to hear that you have lost your character. I didn't say that I, uh, he corrected, I have lost my character. I still have my character. I'm sorry to hear that you have lost your salvation. That's not what I said. The man objected. I haven't, I haven't lost my salvation. If you're, if you, if you have your faith, your character, your salvation seems to me, the minister observed, that you've lost none of these things that really matters. And another uh, story was that we haven't either. You and I should pray like the Puritan. He sat down to a meal of bread and water. He bowed his head and declared all this and Jesus too. Wow. So you might be eating hot dogs and baked beans, but all of this and Jesus too. 
as long as you have Jesus. Yes, people do lose everything. People have lost everything because of earthquakes and storms, you know, and they can rebuild, but as long as they have that faith, that character, and that salvation, they can still be content where they are until time bring about change. Change will come. It won't come when we want it always. But if we hold on to his hand, oh, to the master's hand, he will bring about that change. So we have to learn to be content in whatever state we find ourselves in. And just to read a few more scriptures on contentment. Proverbs 19 and 23 says, The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has its rest satisfied, he will not be visited by harm. The fear of the Lord leads to life. And whoever has it rest satisfied, he will not be visited by harm. I'm going to find that scripture in the King James Version and see exactly how that reads. And that's Proverbs 19, verse 23. Proverbs 19, verse 23. Uh, Proverbs 19 and 23. In the King James Version, it reads, The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Wow. Proverbs 28 and 20 says, A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoso, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Well, you know, most, most of the time, people that are scheming to become rich, they're scammers, they're steal, they'll do anything for money because they have such a love for money. And the scripture lets us know that a faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Psalms 37:16 says, "Better is the little that the righteous has than the abundance of many wicked. You know, you think about the different millionaires and actors and actresses and and how they have so much, so many homes, so many automobiles, and yet many of them are not contented. They have all those things, and yet they're discontented because many of them need Jesus. He is our hope. He's the hope for the hopeless. You know, he's our redeemer for the one that needs to be born again. 
He is the lifter up of our heads. He's the healer of our countenance. He's the right now God. He is the one that, you know, right now, you know, whenever you find us, you find yourself in trouble, he's the one that will hide us in his pavilion. Jesus is the one that we need that will make us contented. As long as we have Jesus, we should therewith be content. And a contentment, as I forestated, is a learned virtue. It's not a godly virtue that comes from on high, but it's a learned virtue. You have to zip up your mouth and stop complaining about where you are, what you don't have, what you want, and trust God and be content, you know, with what you have and where you are, but know who you are in Christ. If you know who you are in Christ, you know, you should be content with where you are in your surroundings, regardless to what you might lack. If you have Jesus, you have enough. So we just thank God for this teaching uh, on contentment. And on tonight, I would like to offer you the opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. You can pray this prayer after me. Father God, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. Jesus, I believe in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Come and live on the inside of me. Forgive me of all of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Be my Lord, my Master, and my friend. Now to the backslider, all you have to do is repent Ask God to forgive you for missing the mark and for, sh and for falling short. And ask the Lord to restore unto you God's salvation of joy in your life. And come home. Abba Father is waiting for you. The saints of God are waiting for you. Your brothers and sisters in the Lord are waiting for you come home. He's married to you, married to the backslider. And we just thank God if you've accepted the Lord and even rededicated your life back to the Lord, let someone know. Let a loved one know. You know, it's always good to tell what God has done for you, what Jesus has done for you. It's always good to let someone know. Let a friend know. Let your parents know. Let a sibling know what God has done for you. That you were once lost, but now you are found. Hallelujah. And, and you've accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. The best thing you could have done. That now you're on a new journey. A Christian journey. And... As a new Christian, you have a lot to learn. And I would ex ex encourage you to go into the book of John, chapter 1, 
Start reading there. An excellent book for new Christians. St. John chapter 1. But whatever you do, always remember to tell someone about Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord.